So in our last episode, we briefly mentioned react being reactionary livers, livers, living living reactionary, (laughs) living a reactionary life. And personally, I think we should just do a reactionary ramble. Well, that's how we do most things is reactionary. I know. So, but like, I don't love that about myself. And I'm, I'm curious. And obviously I wish we could talk to our people because I, yeah, I wish too. we could flesh out how much of life is reactionary because it's just coming at you. And I think for parents, that's hard because life comes at you. Mm-hmm. Kids come at you all the messes of life come at you the dirt literally gets on you and then with (laughs) smudge stick yeah but like how much of that is also as we are now getting to a place where we can be more thoughtful because our kids are all well your kids are all teens Mm -hmm. i have one that's a pre pre preteen so he's 11 and He's more on the fence of like not really. Grow- he's he's the Peter Pan in our family who's like not in a hurry to grow up at all. It's at so all, horrible. he loves being a kid, and I'm fine with that. But um, he's also the baby. You know, he's also literally like the baby of the family. So, but we only had two, so it's like, well, yeah, you are. But how much of like I would love to get out of? I think the season I am in right now, which I'm having trouble with deeply because I'm already empty nesting. I have an 11-year-old and a 15-year-old, and I'm already empty nesting. You're like, panicking. help me. I am panicking. I am panicking about Sam being 15, going on 21, it feels like to me. I'm panicking. I'm panicking about Henry being a teenager and me not having a little kid at all, you know? I'm like, I'm... There's a part of me that I think the reactionary part, and I think for you too, I'm guessing, is that... There was different kinds of long drawn out Seasons. trauma of ch- different sort of childhood stressors, and then which I don't want to get into, but I do think affects how you respond to your life now. Absolutely, right. Me and my so, therapist are working through that right now. Right. So, yeah. like, deflection is one thing where it's like, well, I'm going to fill up my day. I'm going to fill up my days so that I don't have to reflect, so that I don't have to plan a day. And then I always have that as as an excuse. If A, I don't want to do something that comes at me, I can just say I'm too busy. Or B, I just don't want to deal with that good thing or that hard Hard thing. thing. And so I'm too busy. Or I'm, you know, I've got, I was like, what happens when I don't have kids as an excuse? What happens when I don't have my busy life as an excuse? Like, stuff comes at me or life comes at me and I don't have my fallback, which is I'm a mom of little ones. That's what I do. That's, that's why I'm alive. And that's why I'm always sort of juggling, you know, we're juggling the balls and which I like, I actually kind of, I I was like, I, I admit that I like the juggling you have control juggling. Your juggling is very different than my juggling because you, you're busy, but you're busy doing the same things like you have a you do have a routine i do i was i I used to always think that i was not a routine person you are but most one of the most routine people i've ever met really yeah because like because you Hmm. have to have things in such order 
miss mm-hmm. OCD, that your your busyness is structured business stru- it's a very structured so you you get up and you you putter and you get your house just so so that then you can do the next thing mm-hmm. so then you do the next thing and then you clean up the next thing so it's back to square one so that it's back to where you want it to be and then you make lunch and so then you make lunch and that's busy and then you have to clean up from lunch mm-hmm. to make sure and then you go and you do the next thing and then you make a snack and then you have to clean up from the snack and then like so everything <laughs> is it you have a day but the it just sounds like i'm eating a lot <laughs> Well, you have kids. So like, but for me, I, I fill my days for the same, outside the home, outside the home so that there is no cleaning that happens. Like I was saying, when we got back from camp, I got, wasn't feeling well and was just actually physically exhausted and slept and my house imploded. And I was like, I'm going to just take a time so because we're, we're about to have a family meeting at the beginning of the new school year and just see how long it takes for someone to realize that the dishes aren't magically being done or that <laughs> – That mom is the, sick and on her deathbed. The, la- the laundry isn't being prepped That for doesn't them. bother you though? See, for me well, – I'm so busy, I'm not in the house, so I don't see it. So out of sight, out of mind. But, but, but don't you want to come home to a clean I house? I just go to bed. Okay. I've just been so – that's how busy I've been. So like my busyness – Like you don't even go in the kitchen? I do. And then I say, this makes me very angry. Hmm. And so I go away from the kitchen. But it was interesting because Hmm. they did on Saturday. Peter was like – well, I'm sure Peter structured it but was like – no one has helped us at all this week. And look at the state of our house. Remember what our house looked when we left camp? And mom was like, you guys were teasing her about how mm-hmm. the house, like she mopped us out of camp, mm-hmm. out, out of the house. Before and now, camp, yeah. Before camp. Okay, and now okay. look at this place. Uh-huh. And the missing link is that your mom's not here. Right. Because she had to be busy. And so she set us up for success and we have totally mm-hmm. botched it. Right, and there's so many of you, so many hands should equal light work. Yeah, but they're buttheads because they're teenagers. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. So I think that's your busyness. Your business is really structured. I found that for me, I grew up with emotional chaos, okay? So that's In what I'm In a very clean house. Well, had to be. Right. Um, I grew up in emotional chaos, Mm-hmm. And so I walking on eggshells. That was my ch- that was my life walking on eggshells. Like when is what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. W- when when is the outburst? What what's the next major shift in my life? And so because of that, I thrive in chaos or I thought I did. As I'm getting healthier, I'm becoming less and less able to thrive in chaos because mm-hmm. Being able to constantly not settle, if mm-hmm. I'm constantly on the move, then I can't get hurt or hurt. Mm-hmm. So I, that's why I started a business when I had littles because I was so overwhelmed. I had to – that's why mm-hmm. – it's actually quite fascinating why I started my wedding planning business. It makes complete sense to me because I can walk into a room and I can feel tension and I know where it's coming from and I know how to fix it and I know how to move and I can get 75,000 things done in a minute. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. And I can make everybody happy. And But now that I'm, you know, getting healthier, that doesn't fulfill me. It actually gives me anxiety. But how I managed my anxiety as a child was keeping as busy as possible. That's why I did every club. I did mm-hmm. all the sports. I, that I was that I could I did show choirs that's why I did all of the things that's why I babysat that's why I, did, I was it also so you wouldn't be home I think so but I I think my mom wasn't home either like she worked and mm-hmm. you know who you know had a different children were a secondary thing to her so whatever her lifestyle was dictating like we, me and my sister were home alone a lot mm-hmm. but for me it was more I didn't want to, that rest to reflect. Like if I just kept moving and if I was just busy enough. And I, four kids in five years wasn't busy enough? Like you had to kind of run away from that because it was, it was just overwhelming. too much. Yeah, it was overwhelming. Yeah. In the, that well, I remember this, this was something that really affected our friendship at the time because I pressed in and I was like, you should be home with your kids. And you were like, F you. All the things. I don't think I said F you. I think what I, I said think was. I did. I, I, I think, well, it hurt you. It, it hurt did. you very much. And I remember being like, I just feel like your kids need, you know, I remember I remember that being a thing. Me not realizing this is survival. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know. Right. I didn't at the time recognize that. And I didn't have my own kids yet. Yes. So I yeah. didn't know that feeling of I'm drowning. Yeah. I need so to get So when out. I started my business. Just to clarify, I Peter started my business, and I never did more until I got a lot bigger, and they were a lot bigger. But when they were younger, I never did more than two weddings a month. I only worked when they were napping, mm-hmm. and or at night. And Peter, who I believe husbands are co-parents, they're not, you know. So he had the kids. So my kids were never in daycare. They were never. Mm-hmm. And then as I got better at it and made more money we had a a nanny we had two different nannies that would come during the summertime just the weeks like and they would come for a couple hours every day so I could run and go to the flower shop or the flower market and do the things but they were always home and I was always there too it was more like Mm -hmm. a a built-in kind of playmate and that's when I I did more I started doing more work, but it was because I, now looking back, I couldn't do some, like my trauma, I couldn't do some things. And I knew that my kid, like Mm -hmm. I couldn't do the ultimate chef. Like my kids' nannies were phenomenal. They had two great (laughs) nannies. Do the ultimate chef? Like, so they would, they would do, they would play chopped. Like they would do a whole menu. They would go shopping. They would do, and they would have secret ingredients and they would be teams as siblings and they'd do a chop competition. (laughs) And then they, they're, this is again when they were like 10 to 14 or, or 10 to six or what's four years five years so you know like when they were all little and they would be partnered up and they would make or they would work together and make me and Peter dinner for the night so like they did things that like create that I didn't know how to like I now know as a grown-up I didn't have that skill set because I wasn't parented like I didn't Mm -hmm. know how to Mm -hmm. do that with my kids and Mm -hmm. so I needed help and I got it like I got it with these wonderful young young women who Hmm. came from really healthy, wonderful families that totally like Mm -hmm. 
jumped in. I could go and do adventures with my kids. Like I could go take them to a pool. I could take any, I could take a group of 10 kids to a, a beach mm-hmm. and I knew how to do that kind of busyness. Yeah. But like, yeah. like other things I didn't know how to do. And so I wanted to enrich my children's lives and I, I, I knew I didn't have the skill set or that it wouldn't turn out well. It's so fascinating because like, <clears throat> and I think it's interesting that even just talking about reactionary living came back again as it always does to our childhoods you grew up in a neglect yeah a mother who was never home an empty house that had to be left pin sharp tidy and empty and you couldn't even touch the food in there or else it was Mm -hmm. hell to pay and I grew up with a mother who was 100% home yeah and to me that's what a mother was and to me that's what I wanted to be that's all I when I I knew that when I had kids I wanted to be home but it was so hard to be home too like hindsight I see some healthier relationships where it's like to even to mothering and I'm not I'm not speaking in favor or against no it's working while you have kids I I, I think I think everyone's every Mm -hmm. single family situation is different and it has to be weighed with everyone in that house in, including you as the mom, but like, I, you know, I know like my baby sister, for example, she would have the normal amount of time off for having a newborn and she's had three and then go back to work as a nurse and at the three month mark. And I just remember being like, I couldn't do that. I mm-hmm. couldn't do it. I literally couldn't. It would kill me. It would kill me. Mm-hmm. It would wreck me. It would wreck my heart. I, and, and but but then I also see how she's like, well, I, I actually love being out of the house for a few days. It's just a few days. And then yep. the other days, I'm 100% all there. In. And it's a different, it's I get to have a break and then I'm all in versus this sort of a strung out feeling where you're like on drugs almost feeling or where you're, you're not like really I'm present. Not, you're starting to avoid. I mean, I, I was present. I yeah, worked you were, hard to be yeah, present. Yeah, but you were strung out. But I was, str- I, the, oh, the way that I would describe it, it's, it was strung out. As in this sort of never ending, like you're looking ahead, it never ends. And this is mostly talking about the little years, the, the, yeah. the, what I, what I also call in the trenches, if you will. And there was a, there's a, there's a book that I do love called Life in the Trenches. And it's just talking about parenting in the little years. And it's really good. It's talking about how to resign and uh, accept the the sticky Cheerios on the floor and love your kids and, and be present with them. And I do love that. And I only had two and it literally threw, my, uh, threw me under the bus. We waited eight years to have our first, which I don't recommend because you learn to love freedom and just life with each other and then uh, throw a baby into that. And it was like jarring. Mm-hmm in a way I never talk about reactionary like I thought this baby will fit into my life this baby will come to luncheons with me I think my busiest day before having a kid was uh I would plan a luncheon with an elderly friend and we would take a stroll and it was like I liked that lifestyle yeah you you Kids threw you <laughs> under the bus hard. I was like, oh my gosh. It really... And, you became, and because you're such a perfectionist, you felt you had to do it perfectly. And so... And I also think because you were the last one of your friend group to have kids, you had a lot of... When I... When I... 
a lot of judginess. I love you. A lot of judginess oh. of how other people did it. So I, you were like, well, when I do it. And then you right. were like. Never say never, people. And then you. Yeah. It was. But you had that internal battle, I think. Oh, so it gosh. exhausted you totally. more to then. Yeah. yeah I think. Oh, totally. Yeah. I feel that, that for me with the reactionary, like my, my kids were given to me by God and it was quick and I don't. You know, looking back, <laughs> I don't that, recommend that either. I don't recommend that either. But <laughs> yeah. um, I feel like for me, that's what I, I felt like that was my trauma. It's so funny. Like, yours, like, so for me, I, I couldn't, like, I literally for a decade had a preschooler in my home, like a two, three, or four year old in my home time. for almost 10 years. That's, temper tantrums and diarrhea and pooping and potty training and why mama and all of those things and getting and creating boundaries and training and training them to listen and timeouts and all of the things for a decade and I could find myself I was drowning that's why I started Mm -hmm. my business because I was or Peter started because I was drowning Mm because I could never see anything complete and so what was so great about my business was I went in, I was able to blitz it. I was able to talk plan, to adults. Talk to adults. <laughs> I got to plan something, yeah. go into a situation and create something stunning and beautiful, run it, have everybody love me and praise me, mm-hmm. clean it up and it was like it never happened. Mhm. And that's where I there a was a profound sense of accomplishment. A, yeah. Versus and being a mom, which is a lot, your day is never done. Well, Peter is an economist and he used to say it, and I'm glad he never listens to the podcast because I'm going to say it wrong, but like it's a long-term investment for a short-term – no, it's a long-term investment without – I don't know. He he talked about it like investing. <laughs> I kind of like, get where you're going, but – But I, like you put so much time in and you don't see the fruit of your investment until way later. Like I now see the fruit of my investment. Now in my children, that they're functioning, kind, wonderful, hardworking children. Mm-hmm. When they were little, I I was just in – you were in the trenches of a, a battle that never ended. Mm-hmm. And so for me and my mental health, I needed out. And I did get a lot of pushback. You weren't the only one, um, you know, and a lot of what kind of wife for you. I got a lot of like – not from you, but like – it's not Peter's job to raise your children. And I was like, actually, it they're 50, like half of their genetics are his. He should really. <laughs> so I had a lot of different things that I mm. struggled with. But I, I knew for my own sanity, I needed something outside mm-hmm. or kind of I, I, was, I was going to lose lose it Mm -hmm. I also think because I didn't have any guidance of what uh, what uh, mothering looks like what parenting looked like what a home should look like I didn't have any of those examples Mm -hmm. um I was constantly in a state of panic that I was doing it wrong Mm -hmm. or like so I needed I needed to step away now I will say going back there was a point in which my business got really big and I should have toned it down. But it was so exciting to be wanted and mm-hmm. thrived. Mm-hmm. And that's where I do think like I my original plan worked really well. 
And then I became kind of a big deal. And I didn't know how to juggle those things. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I feel like I let the business win. And sometimes I feel like I let my kids win. But I should have let my family win all the time. And I Mm -hmm. didn't. And so I do feel – but I think that's a normal struggle. Uh, But they're normal. My kids are normal and they're functioning. And now I don't want anything. There's a mouse in your eaves that just walked around your eaves. Okay. It's a barn. Sorry, we could cut it. It just moved and I didn't scream. So I feel like that's... A little, like a little field mouse? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's good to know. Just because I don't want them to eat all my stuff up here. That's why I put all my handmade knit stuff in totes recently. Which I think they can still chew through, but it's at least one more layer. Ugh. Sorry. Nothing is sacred in here. What it's am I talking okay. about? We have mice in our house. We have to set mouse traps all the time. Do you not have mice in your house? We do, but it's a running, like, I have a serious phobia of mice, little mice. Oh, they don't bother me. But I don't really want them in here because I don't want them to eat my stuff, but. Well, my uncle used to put mice in my bed. He had pet mice. And what? He used to put mice in my bed to wake me up. No. Yep. Okay, that's so not that's the same why thing I'm like, as a little field mouse. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm a, I am a grown-up and I can do just, hard things. Just picture Beatrix Potter, the, you know, the, the high hills. No, that's not what I think of. Okay. I just picture them with little suits on okay. and then they're really cute. They're, not, they're harmless except that they eat your stuff. So anyway, I know. back to back to reactionary living. So I do think that <laughs> it is, you know, deep diving into something like that, I do think that it's really interesting how our past does make itself yeah. – it, it, it follows us and that's mm. where – For better or worse. For better or for worse. But here's the beauty. Growth. <laughs> Growth. <you> can, <laughs> breaking curses. Yes. I know. No better, do better. There's a deep, you can, yeah. like, I see in my children, like, Isabel, I had, you know, Isabel's like, if I, she wants to be a nurse. And part of the reason is, is that she can be a mom. But she was like, Mom, I think I'm going to be like you. I'm going to need to step out. I couldn't be home all the time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for her. And to already know that about yourself. I envy be, that. Yes. And be confident in it. And then yeah. think about a career that it can be a blessing to her family. Like, mm-hmm. you know, nursing, mm-hmm. they always need it. It's a well-paying job. Mm-hmm. But that where she can have a career and then when she has a baby, kind of like Hannah, your sister, she can she can work pool and only work two days a week mm-hmm. and have health insurance and have, you know, retire. Like there's – so she's think, – but she's thinking that way mm-hmm. and and it's because – she saw me and she saw me have fulfillment outside. Mm-hmm. And I also think, and this might make some people upset, but come at me if you want to. I do think <laughs> it's really important for our children to see us have lives outside of themselves, out of, outside of them. Mm-hmm. Like, because, I was not good at that. And because they become, mm, they yeah. think that they, they do believe that, they're the center of your universe and it mm-hmm. makes it and you can do that and still be a stay-at-home mom I'm not saying that that means mm-hmm. but my children knew that I was and I think they were really proud of it and they worked weddings with me like I think there was mm-hmm. a sense of pride that their mother 
was an accomplished entrepreneur and that she that I was able to do these amazing things. Yeah. And that I always came home to them and I loved them and I was always there and I barely ever missed, you know, birthdays or anything like that. That's why we started the cake for breakfast tradition because I was always home and I was always I never the next day even if I came home at three in the morning I was always up in the morning and up with them <laughs> again and helping them and then I would take a nap later but like mm-hmm. I, they always knew mm-hmm. that they were important to me mm-hmm. but that I was also there was other things besides them that they weren't mm-hmm. my only thing right yeah and I can speak to the not doing that well enough and still struggling to this day again I have an 11 year old and a 15 year old with mom guilt of them not being the center of my universe and uh, which I actually feel like they are and that's one of the reasons why I'm having uh empty nesting already because I I can't see a vision and I feel really vulnerable right now saying this on air, but I, I cannot see a vision for my life that stretches beyond my kids. And it, it makes me think thoughts like, should I adopt more kids? And no, because kids was very hard for me and I almost didn't survive like the little years. And I, I don't, I love my kids, but in general, I'm not like kids, kids, you know, like, but they've given me a more of a sense of an identity, a scent of an identity, a sense, sense of identity than I've ever had before, mm. uh, which I, so prior to having kids, I, I struggled with uh, some sort of depression, uh, anxiety, crazy anxiety, uh, was an outpatient, you know, <laughs> at a mental hospital and like just debilitating anxiety issues. And my children helped settle my heart into a place where it loved to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, being married was fun, but it doesn't give you an identity. It shouldn't actually. You're, you, you do, you know, you, you, you marry someone, but you, this is also going to make people upset. You still have an identity. Yes. That is your own. You are still you. Yes. You are not your husband. You're you. Or, or vice versa, yeah. Or vice versa. Yeah. You're two people that make one marriage. And again, yeah, come at me and kiss my butt. Because <laughs> I, there's people, Christians, who don't believe that that's true. Yeah. You know, that's your identity. Yeah. No, no, it is not. In, you're in serious you danger. Are, you are you still. And you have a purpose that is outside of your marriage. And you can have a job. And you can have a career and a, and a point of being alive that is, doesn't have to do with, you know, pouring his coffee every day or whatever. Have you. Yeah. But uh, we don't have to go into that. I'm probably, we're going to probably get hate mail, but... Um, I would love to go into that another time. But we, we should. We'll do a deep dive into that. But um, I lost my train of thought. I just, I am struggling right now this year more than any other year because I can see my teenage son turning into a man. And he's and not home terrifying. as much. Yeah. It is, and, and he's not home hardly at all. He had a job this summer. He is starting to take driver's ed right now. He's an independent 
free thinking, smart, adorable creature that other people love to be around. And I want to be around him. And I'm like, I I don't want to be that obsessive mother that's like, you know, so I'm not that. But on the inside, I am. On the inside, I'm like, I want to hang out with my son. And it's hard for me to let him go. You do that so well. You do it so well. I have issues and yeah, I, I am telling you, I am yeah, telling you the world that I have issues and I don't want to be that person, but it's very hard. I have to fight an instinctive heart grabbing that's happening. So interesting. You should, I want to do I should probably, I should probably get some therapy at this point in my well, life. Well, no, I just think it's so interesting because you do, that is what's happening mm. and, and, and that is scary and it is what, it is interesting because they you don't in one way you say women when they get married they that can't be their identity but but neither can your children and you're like wait but they are mine like but yeah. you're admitting that that is what's happened is that your identity as a mother right you that is what you've identified yourself as I am a mom to these two boys and that is my that is what right. drives you mm-hmm. and that's what it's like a warm blanket. Yeah, that's what... And as I see the blanket being slowly pulled off of me... Oh, honey. That it I'm won't not... be pulled off. It's just so different. It's still beautiful. It's just so different. Right. I've had, you know, I think that's just time and experience. Like, I, I ha- Mustang Sally has, has left the nest and... Um, <laughs> Mustang Sally has left the nest. <laughs> she has in her bus and Izzy's yeah. about to turn... So hmm. Emma's 20... Izzy's about to turn 18 this coming week. I cannot believe that. Parker's 17. And so my baby's the same age as your firstborn. And so mm. I think I'm just on the other side of it, that there's a there's mm. a there's a beauty in seeing them be their own person. And you have to like I I do, I still need hugs. I still need to, but there is something beautiful to watch them fly and so I and to watch them fly you have to you have to go be behind them and let them go ahead of you and fly yeah. and that's really hard yeah but it's really that. beautiful mm. I'm I'm I like this stage the hard part for me and if we're going to go right into deep dive vulnerability there was a moment when I realized that Parker so there'll be a time where he falls in love and he finds the woman that he's meant to be with and his eyes will go to her first. They'll probably come to me second and I have to be okay with that. Yeah. But they will go to her first and I'm already starting to pray that I will love her, praying for those girls, right. and mm. that I will rejoice in that. Right. I want to rejoice in that. I need to start praying that for myself because, because right now I'm just all hostility. Yes, I'm terrified. Because at camp, there were a few girls being super googly about my kid, and I did not like them for it. And I, I, the, 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 I'm sure they're very nice. <laughs> yeah, you need you need I'm, to go deep in this. I we need to do some journaling. Not and ready some pr- for that. No more praying. googles. It's kind of like hospice, Rach. Oh, gosh. I know. Am I the one in hospice? Listen, the hospice nurses told me something, and it was the hardest thing I'd ever heard. If you were doing hospice well, if you were caring for oh someone gosh. in their last days, ready for this. they will die. 
right? Oh, right? Like that's what happens. Like you want them to die, right? It's that's I mean, the right like, but which but... goes against your character. So when you when you have children, you raise them and they thrive, right? So when you get this sick patient in your home for mm-hmm. hospice. You're do if you if they continue to die, you can't heal them. So as they continue I know, I to remember decline, wanting to give your grandmother water. And yeah, you're like she doesn't want water; she wants to die. Yeah, and, and she, she wasn't needs tra- water. She needs saline. She needs <laughs> yeah. She needs to be hooked up to a line. She's getting dehydrated. And, and you're like, like exactly. It's what she's she, getting dehydrated. That's what needs to happen. She can't. Her body's shutting down, and it yeah, can't I would have not a- be great as a hospice <laughs> nurse. So, but that's <laughs> it's the same thing with raising. Boys, if you raise them well, if you raise them well, they leave you and start a family. If you don't raise them well, they live in your basement. <clears throat> I know. That's, you know I what I mean? I don't so it's want the op- that. I don't want the so kicking them out of the nest with me like booting them, being like, yeah, but that's the, it's like hospice, right? So like if you're doing, if you're parenting your men, your young men well, they will grow dependent and independent and they will start to fly and they will go and you'll be there but that's why you have Kurt I know and they'll be there but you get to watch you get to watch them be men mm-hmm. and that I think is beautiful like to watch to see them be a man and and love like that's the narrative I keep telling myself I cannot wait to watch Parker be a husband he's mm-hmm. going to be an incredible husband mm-hmm. he's going to be an incredible father and then we Peter and I that's that's the good stuff, right? So we get to reap the rewards of that and see our children excel and be beautiful and amazing and extra bonus, get grandbabies that we get to love on <laughs> and give back. So like there's like a – it's like a cycle, but it's – we're at you the most painful. Even, it's yes. at, we're at the most painful part because it's, it's that mm. initial separation. You know. And the only reason I can say that without bawling uncontrollably is because I have my girls – and with mm. my girls, yeah. So come, so yeah, yeah. No, you get have a taste. I I don't have girls, right? I only have boys. But I do think you need to press into that feeling. I I am. I am doing it in front of everybody. I'm I know. pressing in. I I am saying. I am. You already know this, but like I am telling everybody, I have a problem, and I'm I am concerned about myself because I can feel this sort of a disillusioned depression settling into my heart space where I'm like who am I and I and I got nothing I feel like I've got nothing and I don't know how that ties into reactionary living I think part of like like we were talking on the front end of this conversation we feel the busyness keeps us from thinking about the sad parts Mm -hmm. the busyness keeps us from thinking about the overwhelming parts or thinking about the change that's coming without us being able to stop it I can't stop my son from going from 15 to 16 even if I want to I want to like freeze him where he is right now and just live this life forever kind of there's something wrong with that no I think Uh, there's some there's there's a sweetness and I'm like I, I love the way it is that doesn't work out for him great because, yeah, I'm frozen in time and I have to stay with my parents for the rest of my life. Like that's that's not me loving What you need to he... change that narrative is you want him to get to that sweetness in his own life. Like right. that should be your prayers. And I, help I, me to want Sam to have a wife and a family so that he gets to the age that he like his children are and he sees that sweetness. And so help he, me not want to be there for every minute of it. I like think a creepy I think, mom. I think you'll. I think you'll. It'll be okay. I think it's going to be a tough for a little bit. But you. I mean, Peter and I 
our kid, like we're always like, maybe we should be with them more. But they're so busy so that we go for walks every night and we have dinner and then we all kind of do our own thing. And yeah, I'm not there yet because I still have an 11 year old. Yeah. And so it's like, it's this, it's this, because we had almost four years in between them, it's a very sort of both worlds. Not little, little years, but like both of the worlds mm-hmm. are very different. Yeah. And so I'm, it's hard for me to let go of all that time. Because you go, that change happens quickly. It does. All of a sudden they have a job, uh, a, you know, like I can see this happening. It's like they have a car, so now they can leave whenever they want. I, it's just, it's, it's, it's too quick, too soon, too much too soon. And so, but there's no stopping it. And so I think that that going back and tying this up, it's it is the, the reactionary reaction. life of being like, well, for me, finding a place of peace, a place where I can I can wake up and ponder the day in a slower, more um, thoughtful way without, you know, with praying against the sadness that wants to creep in because it's not right. either the same as it's always been, which... Right. I think you can get addicted to the little years. I don't know if this is why some people have 50 children. I, in the words of Daffy Duck, uh, how many kids do you have to have before you know you have a family? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love that. I don't understand uh, 15 children or, yeah. or 12 or whatever you want to talk about. And I don't quite understand that. And I, and I wonder, I wonder. Yeah, that's a whole what is other, that? other episode. But I do think this is the thing. <laughs> or something we I think can't really we are speak to. I don't even know. We're reacting to things because we're all, the truth of the whole thing is we're all broken humans. Yeah, we're all then, carrying baggage. And some of it was given to us, some we were born with. Even if you had, even if you had the most perfect family and the perfect childhood, you still, you're still broken. We're all broken humans. And so. The bro- what was it? Baggage backpacks? Yeah. We our all backpacks, have a backpack. Yeah. We all have a backpack with some baggage in it. And so mm-hmm. we, I think that mm-hmm. when we react to things, we're all going to react differently. And some people. It, it's just knowing why you're doing it and being – and, you know, like I had to start a business. You – I might off. have to start a business now yeah. <laughs> because I I don't yeah. want to take it out on my kids. I don't want to smother love them. Right. And so like different people respond mm. to different things for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And it's just that awareness of it. Like I mm-hmm. – it was fascinating for me going way back to the beginning that – that's the reason I started my business, the chaos, not only of my children and being that fear, but because of the way I was raised, I struggle with anxiety. I never knew what that anxiety was, mm-hmm. but I copied it as busyness and as in like, and, and, and running and people pleasing and making everything look perfect. Mm-hmm. And that's where like my subconscious created wedding, like I started a company Mm-hmm. that thrived. I was just talking to my friend Ruben about it at the wedding yesterday, like how even my subconscious knew I needed something so succinct that would take all my anxiety and push it to a goal that was 
attainable versus parenting, which your goal is not attainable. You, you cannot parent perfectly. So like for somebody like me who just wanted to be loved and appreciated, parenting was like literally the hardest job for me yep. because it's just nothing but servanthood. Ad nauseum and, every day. Yeah. Which and, for someone like me who felt like I didn't have an identity. It gave you one. It gave me one every day. I have to, uh, my job is to keep this baby dry and happy and entertained and keep the Cheerios off the floor and take pictures of the whole thing. And I loved that. I loved, I loved pretty much every minute of it. I mean, it was exhausting. It was exhausting. But that's so fascinating because of the way. I loved it for all the reasons you hated it. Yeah. It was very, it was a complete juxtaposition. Yeah, for sure. Which is why when you were like, get, um, get me out of here. I was like, you're being a bad mom. Yeah. Which was, I just came down really hard on that. And I was just like, they need you at home. You're like, if I stay home, I'll kill them. Right. And myself. Yes. So I have to do this to survive. Yes. And again, I didn't have kids till way later. So I didn't know, you know what I mean? I just spoke into that without even knowing what it was like. But I never would have understood it anyway, because I'm not you. You're not Not me. me. I loved it for the same reasons you hated it. Yeah, and I and you thrive in because look at your busyness, like we talked about in the beginning of the episode. I thrive You're, in puttering. You thrive in this meticulous right. d- doing. You do. You thrive in puttering and in, the repetition. I don't mind it at all. I don't mind laundry. I don't mind. Oh, see, no, you know, like the, the fact that my and I am one. You know, you were a better mom than me, and made your kids start doing their own laundry at twelve years old or ten years old or whatever. And I still do my teen teenager's laundry oh you need to make him do that for I his know. wife his wife needs that. he know i've i've gone through we've taken lessons and he knows how but i still love like this is the sick part i love doing his laundry and i bet he loves you loving to do so someone work. can hop on here and diagnose me <laughs> with some sort of sick mother disease where i'm no, like i, think, I love I think it you nail- i think you nailed it i think as a child you felt you were always moving you never felt like you had an identity. You didn't have personhood. Even when you were a young married, you were still raising your siblings and helping raise your siblings and doing all of the things. And you never had anything that was yours. Like you were always sharing. You were always giving. I was there. You, what was <laughs> what was yours was every all of your siblings, and what was your siblings was your siblings. Like that's how that mentality was. You always gave. You would work and buy lotion and then it, the lotion was gone the next time I was like where's all your lotion well you know you know <laughs> Hannah needed some and Sarah's back was dry and mom <laughs> liked the smell and before you like mm-hmm. nothing and so that was the first time you had an identity that that was just yours and you had a responsibility mm-hmm. that was all all on you in the sense of like nobody else can be Sam and Hen's mom. Right. Like you like and so other people could potentially work at the shop or do this or do do art or do these things but nobody else and so you just mm-hmm. went all in. <laughs> went all in. It makes and now sense. I don't know how to get out. I I think now I'm in like the emotionalness of how do I extricate myself from this deepness from how deep I went down into that that 
being too present. Right. Almost. I mean, I don't my know. instinct is that you just, you're going to have to do it slowly. I, you can't extract yourself now. They still live with you. Like, so it's, so. No, it's may- an emotional thing. Yeah. It's, but where, I think, it's my heart space that's the problem. Then mm. the power of prayer. You need to start praying about it. And mm. I think making Sam do his own laundry. Sorry, <laughs> Sam. I know you listen. But like. I told him the other day, actually. I did tell him. I, I put it out into space. I said, buddy, because I love you. I I know that it's a lot with school and sports and all the things that you love and music and everything. But I'm going to start making you – I'm going to add you doing laundry once in a while to that. I literally – just the other day. Yeah. I said because I want you to feel the tension of being an adult, which is that you always have to keep a lot of balls in the air and you can't drop them. If you don't do laundry as an adult, you won't have clean clothes to wear. Yeah. That's the pain point. You have clean clothes that are nicely fluffed and folded because I do it. But I want you to know that, you know, it's just as with everything. And it it's great for it's them to grind. Learn. It is a grind. And my kids sometimes will do their laundry in such poor timing and they'll it'll still be wet. And I'll be like, <laughs> I don't. See, I can't. Nope. And I guess what? I can't let that happen. You can. Because guess no. what? They have to figure it out. But see, if they live w- guess wet what? laundry in my washing no, no, machine no, no. and it no, gets meaning, funky. Like, no, no, because they started it too late. So they start their laundry so late and then they put it, they forget to put it in the dryer or they put and it in the dryer. you won't dry- put it in the dryer? Absolutely. You won't tell them to put it in the dryer? No. Rachel, no. They need to figure it out. You won't They've- remind them? Wow. And what happens though is that they all get into a pickle once my girls, it was See, each only one time. I would interpret time. that from them as you not loving me as your mother, as my mother. I am not. No. I See, am loving love them. looks like laundry to me. <laughs> no, I'm loving is... them because I'm loving them. I'm not <sighs> letting yeah. doing that. And let me tell you, it only happens once and then they always are on top of it. Or with Parker, it's been a couple more times because he's a boy, but he figures it out. <laughs> Again, all I have is boys. So it will take him a couple times to figure it out. But then oh, what man. they do is they go, oh, I have school. I need to do laundry. Uh-huh. I And then, or they'll be like, dad, I can't go because I don't have any clothes and my clothes are all wet. And we go, that is not our problem. Whose problem is that? Well, I forgot because I – why? Did, how did you forget? Well, I was doing this thing. You know, like then they start seeing that they can't blame anybody but themselves and that it's on them. And so they wear a shirt that they don't love because they all have clothes. They just – he wanted those clothes. He wanted something that – in there. Right. It's not like our children are poppers and they have three shirts. Like they are fine. <laughs> they just – he has to wear – Oh, I hate these pants, or I, I hate this shirt. Not my problem. Not my problem. Wow. And I, they. This is just so eye opening because I. And they do it though, but then mm. now they're like, if I want that shirt and the shirt smells, I put the shirt in all the. Like now it's like a system. Like they came home from camp and all of them were jonesing for the washing machine because mm-hmm. they all knew they needed their clothes to start the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. How did that shake out? And they all got another it done. episode. Yeah, I. That's. I am. I am your classic fifties housewife yes. mother. Yeah. 
You need a set of pearls. I do need a set of pearls. And little kitten pumps and an apron. But it's where you've been your whole life. I don't know how we're friends other than the grace of God. But this is a good example of the church, right? Like a, just a bunch of yeah. messy people. We're all dysfunctional, broken humans. Trying to live in community. And this is when we meet Jesus. Amen. he's the only one who makes sense of any of this. If you think of anyone, your mother, your sister, your bestie, your mailman, uh, the person who watches your kids after school, just share this podcast today with a friend and we would be so, so grateful. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.